thousands of people who have been taking this medication for all of these years, now they're experiencing osteoporosis, their yeah. teeth are falling out, their bones are breaking, um, and um, in kidney failure, and they're and they're dying. Well, and and the position that they're in when they're having to take this, right, is that mm -hmm. they're being told that they have this lifelong disease that there's no cure to. That there's yeah, they'll probably die and yeah. and relatively quickly and because the, of, you yeah. know any kind of infection can be problematic when you don't have an immune system. Yeah, and at the time there's no other medication. No so you have no choice. So you have to choose this. You know, you're yeah. and and you recognize all of these terrible side effects, but you have to go with it's it better back than against death. the wall. Yeah. And then little did they know that behind closed doors there was actually the same type of medication that will help in the same ways, but give you less problems and, and maybe even help more. Yeah, yeah. Help more. You, you need less of it and more effective, basically. More, more yeah. effective, yeah. causes less problems, but they're just being held out on uh, for a few extra billion dollars. Prioritizing profit. Prioritizing Prioritizing pro Dangerous drug and product cases. Welcome back. Another week, another episode, prioritizing profits, dangerous drug and product cases. We're back at it again. Another episode. How is your week? How is your weekend? How, how are you feeling? What updates you got for us? Well, I feel fabulous. Totally. Amazing. Yeah. Very energized. Um, happy to be home um, because I'm always happy to come home. Um, but I had just an amazing weekend, unbelievably fabulous weekend yeah. um, in Chicago. Um, had been looking forward to this trip for quite a while. Um, I was at the She Recovers conference. And she Recovers. Yes. So so for anyone that might be unfamiliar, what exactly is She Recovers? So She Recovers is, um, it's a, a nonprofit organization, and they support women and um, recovery from like all substances. Mm -hmm. um, but it's but um, for me and my friends, it's a great opportunity to um, get together and meet, um, hear fabulous speakers um, in an alcohol-free environment um, where we can just have fun and be ourselves and and, um, nice. you know, without, without alcohol, yeah. um, surprisingly fun. And in fact, one of the, the highlights was the silent disco, which silent disco, I mean, I've heard fantastic things about it. I think most festivals, music festivals these days have a silent disco night or like an area where there'll be something like that. Everyone wears earphones, right. And yeah. there's music playing. And so if you're, if you're not wearing earphones, it's completely dead unless people are like kind of yelling and well, some people do sing along, along yeah. badly to the songs. Well, it, yeah. So that's that's it, but but there's actually three different stations, mm -hmm. and so it's really cool because, you know, lots of people like different types of music. You have different age ranges, um, tastes, and so there's three different channels. And one would be, you know, kind of like maybe the '70s, '80s music that I'm really familiar with, and yeah. there'd be another one that's kind of more like '90s and. Um, and the, I don't know what exactly, maybe some grunge stuff and all of that. And then there'd be like some hip hop. And, and so you can see the light on another pe on other oh, people's headphones. Oh, that's cool. So it's either red, green, blue. So what happens is, you know, you might be dancing to red and you see, and you know, you're singing Madonna like a virgin or something <laughs> and you see somebody else has got their red light on. So you're like, yeah, you know, yeah. And you're kind of like, you know, you lock eyes, you dance with them because you're dancing to the same thing. And um, it's just, it, it's, it's really fun. And there were like 500 women there wow. and just... Um, just, you know, just very free and energized. And I mean, I danced my ass off. <laughs> and I had uh, sequins pants. Amazing. <laughs> I had some fabulous disco sequins pants I wore. Um, yeah, but I mean, we danced for like two and a half hours. Jesus. Yeah. And then, and it didn't end until it was like 1230 or something, which is like way past my, my normal well, and, bedtime. And this is completely without alcohol as well. Yeah, that's the crazy thing. Yeah. And, and I mean, believe me, you would not necessarily, I mean, you would not know it. People were not reserved. Mm -hmm. They were not conservative. They were just dancing like there's no tomorrow. Like no one's watching. Isn't that the saying? Yeah. Well, and, and I hear this too, is that when you stop drinking, you know, obviously because drinking kind of messes with a lot of chemicals in your head and gives you anxiety. And also um, when you go into social situations that are maybe a little anxiety inducing when you're drinking or, you know, you know, every once in a while, whatever, maybe you kind of automatically be like, Oh, I need a drink to kind of loosen up. But when you quit, and I don't know if this is how you feel when you quit drinking, it makes those uh, events or those social interactions a little less anxiety inducing and kind of easier to deal with sober because you know, you have more experience, there's more exposure, and you know that you're not going to have a drink. Yeah, I think so. I think it's like one of the big fallacies is that people think that alcohol relaxes them. Yeah. And if you really look at the science of it, that's kind of the opposite of what it does. I mean, yeah. maybe initially, but then your body releases all of this ad adrenaline to kind of 
try to fight against the alcohol that's in your system. And so, and it overrides the alcohol and you actually end up more anxious. Mm-hmm. Actually, it, it sounds, there's a better, <laughs> I probably didn't word that exactly perfectly, but, um, but the reality is it actually makes you more anxious after about the first 20 minutes. Um, so, but yeah, and when you're in one of these environments, it's just such a comfortable, it's all women. Um, you know, it's just very relaxed. Everybody's just comfortable being themselves. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you just dance like nobody's watching. You just dance like yeah. crazy and it's, um, you know, just very freeing and nobody's looking at you strangely. And, you know, we all maybe make some weird moves or something. <laughs> some people you're like, wow, that person's an amazing dancer. Nobody was saying that about me, but, um, but I didn't care. I was yeah. just like feeling, you know, kind of like a, like a, like childlike, you know, like, yeah. Well, and I love the idea of there being different channels as well and being able yeah. to see what channel someone else is on, because you have those interactions, like you said, where you see someone have the same light and you're both dancing and you're like, yeah, let's go, let's go. And then yeah. maybe there's a song that on your channel that you're like, oh, this isn't great. But then you see someone really jamming out with a different <laughs> like, color. What are they watching? What are yeah. they listening to? And you got to flip over. Exactly, and, yeah, and then exactly. sometimes it's like, yeah, you know. And then maybe you just flip over and you're like, ooh, and then you go back. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, yeah. though. So, and how long was this event? Um, so there, some some people could go earlier. There was, um, like for people who are in the business, who are counselors, therapists, that mm-hmm. sort of thing, um, providers, there were a couple of earlier days. But I went Friday, I came back on Monday, but it was basically Friday through Sunday for the main event. Um, and there was a big dinner and the keynote speaker. Um, and the keynote speaker, who you, you might not know about, is her name is Elizabeth Gilbert, um, kind of internationally known author, um, probably best known for her book, uh, Eat, Pray, Love, that then became a movie starring yeah. Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts, love her. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. It's definitely more geared towards towards women, but it's you know it's all about this self discovery and this year off that journey that she took going from um, Italy to India to Bali, wow. um, kind of to find herself after a bad divorce um, and and then ending a subsequent relationship. Um, but very inspiring, and then um, she's written some other books more recently, um, fiction, uh, this uh, City of Girls is a recent one, and then also um, Big Magic. Um, so it seems like this this event was very much her target audience when it came to books, and obviously people that would be very familiar with her, right? Oh, yeah. Well, it's definitely, you know, I, I mean, to me, it's about women who are in kind of a growth mindset, who are, you know, kind of getting healthier. Um, yeah getting our shit together, you know, really is, I mean, to me, it's almost not so much about not drinking is about, you know, doing things that you didn't have time to focus on when you were drinking. Well, and self-improvement as a whole too. It doesn't even have to be so focused on the specific of what you're trying not to do. It's more of the greater idea of trying to change for the better and that being one step of it. Wow, you said that so well. That's, yeah, no, that's exactly. And, and it was so it was so amazing for me. You know, the highlight for me, of course, is that I get to meet up with um, some of my sober girlfriends around the country because mm-hmm. we, were, we were very connected and very close. Um, Zooms or uh, we, we have a text uh, group, chat. <laughs> group chat that always yeah. goes on. Anyway, um, but so, so my friend Jeanette from New York and Claire from Florida and then a newer friend Jan from Florida. Um, and so the, we all managed to meet up there from our various homes. Um, so that was just really, uh, you know, amazing. Yeah. And it's always a little, a little hard to come home and I feel lonely at first, but, um, you know, but I have a great home here. I've got yeah. you and Peter and the dogs. The and dogs. You can't forget about dogs. the dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were very happy to see me. They always, they say that Peter doesn't give them as many treats as I do. Yeah. You know, uh, Christina always says that her and Bruno have a lot of conversations when I'm not around as well. <laughs> Apparently there's yeah. a lot of complaints about me. Supposedly Ooh. I never hear from them though. But what, is she taking care of those complaints and? Uh, she does her best. She does her best. She says that they um, work together and, yeah. and figure it out. Um, but I definitely understand that feeling with, you know, when you go to an event like this and you see a bunch of people that you've kind of built these friendships with, um, you know, long distance, whether it's over group chats or over calls, whatever it may be, be is very similar with Discord. And when, you know, working in, in yeah. crypto and NFTs, you know, everyone that I work with, I'll talk to them on a day to day basis for hours and hours, for months and months, and, and some of them even for over a year now. 
and you it's it's impressive the type of relationships you can build yeah, over without even meeting meeting them oh. not even knowing what they look like yeah. um i'm sure for you, you you probably know what they look like <laughs> on facebook but uh and then you go to these real life events and you get to actually sit down across the table from them have some food yeah. hang out talk and, and joke um i wonder so for for our events like for example we have breakpoint coming up at the end of the month yeah, it's a week yeah. long amsterdam, New amsterdam. yeah very excited uh but there's always events right before and right after because the actual you know convention itself is like monday to thursday or monday to friday yeah. but then there's always these kind of niche groups that will have their own group chats or mm-hmm. their own communities that want to have their own events separate from everything else and so they'll plan those either you know a day or two before the event actually starts or even sometimes during the day or during the night of the event going on so people can kind of hop between back and forth is that how that is there or is it more focused on the actual event Um, well there's a a fair amount of focus on the actual um there's a lot of different speakers um and authors and so you know that's really great um and i didn't want to miss that but then there's also you know certain groups again that um they they have meetups there and they would have different rooms reserved for certain groups um, yeah, so it's kind of similar, similar to that too. And then some people came earlier or stayed later. And the author that did Eat, Pray, Love, did you talk to her at all? You know, I know you got this book club going on. I feel like that would be a fantastic guest speaker to come into one of your oh, yeah. meetings. Yeah, she's not going to come to our book club. What? I mean, this, yeah, no, the, she's, this is like the she's serious too hot shot. big time. Big she's like deal. major hot shot. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I didn't, apparently she was roaming around and then I saw a bunch of people who got pictures with her, but I didn't see her until actually at the dinner and so I couldn't just go tearing up over there. I, actually, I did see her when she was kind of sitting at her table. And I, in fact, I even said to my friend Claire, I said, oh, we should go try and get a picture. And she held me back. And that's probably just as well. I mean, you know, I want to get yeah. too fangirl on her or anything like that. Yeah, there's a lot of people like that at crypto events too, just because there's like influencers and, yeah. and, and big Twitter people. And there's this one guy, his name's um, Big Brain, gaming, big, <laughs> or yeah, just, just Big Brain, Soul Big Brain. And, uh, you know, he's got hundreds of thousands of followers and he's kind of a hot shot. Yeah. And you can tell whenever he goes to an event, I mean, he just gets swarmed and so many people. And I always always feel like it must be such a weird feeling. And, and I'm sure, like, movie stars probably feel this way oh, too, right? Yeah, it's like yeah. you know – it's like all of these people coming up to you feel like they know you so well, but you don't know them at all. Yeah, and they could be weirdos and stalkers and probably are. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure it's a little bit safer at your events. But. Yeah, I mean, I'm not too much of a weirdo stalker. And I resisted and I held back. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I don't have a photo with her, but, uh, but I took a lot of photos of her. Oh, so. well, see, then just- – it's kind of going against your idea of not being a stalker. I observed her from a distance. I was not sneaky about the photos. Well, it sounds like you had a fantastic weekend oh, so good, and yeah. you're able to make it back in time for the show. Oh, yeah. Priorities. Priorities. Prior, prioritizing profits, actually. Prioritizing, prioritizing profits. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then next week, um, I will be at MTMP. So, MTMP. Yeah, Masterworks Made Perfect. Masterworks uh, Made Perfect, which I've been to. It's yeah. always a, a ton of fun. And where is this one at this year? Well, oh, the MTMP is always in Las Vegas. Always in Vegas. Yeah, it just okay. bounces back between the Bellagio and the Wynn. Yeah. Um, you're thinking of AAJ where it's in different cities okay, each time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But MTMP is consistently Vegas, and Vegas is always fun. And and for anyone unfamiliar, Mass Torts Made Perfect is essentially a massive event that goes on um, more than once a year. Twice a year. Twice a year. April and October. And it's hosted in Vegas, and it's hosted by Jay Papantonio. They're Mike, Mike Papantonio. Not Mike Papantonio. Yeah. Okay, Love okay. Papantonio and yeah. And it's essentially the hotspot for anyone that is doing mass tort personal injury uh, cases to go and find out anything you can. There's going to be yeah. um, service providers. That's where they give updates on cases, what stages it's at, where you, what you can expect in coming months. It's, it's kind of mm-hmm. well, it, you learn about new cases yeah. and you know what, what uh, kind of emerging mass torts and mm-hmm. what cases you might want to get involved in. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a pretty necessary if you're, you know, if you're serious about this mm-hmm. area of practice. And so we should be expecting next episode to be hearing some fantastic updates, some good news, yeah. hopefully, yeah. Uh, about current cases and maybe some updates on new cases yeah, that are coming new up. And exciting for yeah. sure. Yeah, so. some good content. Good content, always, always. Well, we'll be looking forward to that. Um, overall, that does sound like a fantastic weekend. I think mean, getting out of, of Tucson is always a good time, and especially when you get to go hang out with some some old friends yeah. that uh, you haven't seen in a while, as well as see some famous authors and take pictures of them from a distance. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, what about your weekend? Did you, did My you... week, nothing crazy, nothing crazy. I've been playing it pretty cool. Uh, usually weekends, we just kind of hang out, relax. We try to try um, new food, new food mm, every yeah. weekend. Uh, Fridays, usually we like go out because we also want to watch our spending a little bit with Amsterdam coming up. You know, right, we got to right. be cost efficient. I know I'm going to go all out. I'm always very irresponsible when it comes to... Uh, uh, not irresponsible if you've planned ahead. Exactly, exactly. But I always go a little crazy when yeah. there is big trips like that. So you got to make the most of it. Mm-hmm. And we leave Friday to kind of doing a nice little date night or going out and trying something. We've tried a Korean barbecue, hot pot. Uh, and, I, and I love trying new food, and I love Asian food. So we always try new new places like that. Um, this week, actually, though, we tried wings. There's this new wing place we heard. And we got it, and the wings were solid. They're okay. They weren't great, but they were good. And then we got the fries, and I just don't understand this. I mean, I understand people's frustration with McDonald's fries, but they really are just so much better than a majority of other places. When you get fries and they are just soggy to the touch, you know, there's no crunch at all. I don't know how these businesses can live with themselves. <laughs> this is It's absurd. They can't be looking at these fries and being like, yes, I am proud to be selling it. No, no one wants soggy fries. Oh, that's yeah. really bad. Well, and I just thought, I mean, like new wing place. I mean, wings are wings are wings, kind of. I mean, you can I splash. disagree. I disagree. I the, 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 the seasonings on it and the sauces are very different. And then sometimes the wings, you know, you can get some places where there's like tiny baby wings. It's like saying going to, to Wing Street where uh, Pizza Hut, like Pizza Hut wings is the same as a Wingstop wings. Of course not. That's absurd. Well, I guess I'm just not a wing connoisseur, and I'm if, I kind of I'm not a big wing fan of late. Disrespectful. I know. Well, I you know, I used to really be into them, and now it's like it's a bunch of sauce and barely any meat. And it's overwhelming. It's a little overwhelming uh, sometimes, but um, not, the, not the healthiest fare, we'll say. It's high protein. It's high protein. Well, so actually, this is this is funny. <laughs> So Rick, my ex-husband, for anybody who yeah. who had very bad eating habits, we'll just say, was not a healthy eater. But he would, when he was on a diet, he'd be like, oh, I'm getting the wings. It's chicken. It's it's low calorie. And yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. It's like little slivers of chicken, you know, drenched in deep fried and then sauce. I mean, there's like nothing possibly healthy about these He's bulking. I, He's bulking. It was winter. He's always bulking. <laughs> I remember he used to eat them, too. And he would do this thing where he would do it. It would just be like a full wing. And he would just throw in his mouth and then clean it out cartilage bone like everything and just bring out tiny it was, it was insane i was impressed as a kid i was incredibly impressed because i was over here nibbling through just making sure i was only getting the good you know chunks yeah. of white meat well i wouldn't really encourage that behavior I'll no, just say. No. So, anyways, anyways anyway we, we got, should probably we get on, off track there. yeah <laughs> we should probably get on to main topics uh let's get into <laughs> updates on cases okay updates on cases um well interesting development we talked about the uh, barred power port cases recently um, and these are the ports that are used for primarily for chemotherapy but it can also deliver fluids and mm-hmm. other medications uh, and nutrition um, and so this this port that's implanted um, and then the catheters that are attached and these catheters were breaking down um, the material the polymer that they're made out of is unstable mm-hmm. and, and then especially when they do this flush out with the alcohol um, it, it can get little cracks and little notches yeah. um, bad stuff so anyway they can break they can migrate and this um, is in your vein right I'm, right 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 yeah terrifying yeah. Yeah, and 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 then the other thing because it has these little notches, it, it's very easy for bacteria to to get in there and start a bad infection, mm-hmm. um, and then you can just you know pour antibiotics on it. But because it's not like a smooth surface and there's these little notches, the bacteria get it get, hides in there. Well, it hides in there, and so of course there's no blood flow there. So you know the rest of your body um, uh. gets the the, the, the the antibiotics kill the infection. But then as soon as you stop the antibiotics, it's sitting in that little notch, pops back out. Yeah. Yeah. And the infection, so it's really, really hard to control. And of course, now you're and you're also dealing with people. You know, again, primarily it's people getting chemotherapy, so they're already immunosuppressed. Very mm-hmm. dangerous, horrible infections, uh, fatal at times. Um, so big problems with these: um, fracture, infection, thrombosis. 
Um, and so the, the update on this <laughs> is that the, it has been consolidated into a multi-district litigation, and it's consolidated in the District of Arizona. Wow. Right. I mean, hardly that hardly ever happens. I think the last thing that was consolidated here were the IVC filter cases. Mm-hmm. So this happened um, uh, in August. Um, the judge is really wanting this to be on a fast track, has told the, the both sides that he wants this thing resolved by September of 2026. Why why is that? Why is he so well, He's a hard ass, I guess. He's like, you know, this, this is I'm not I don't want to spend my life doing this. We're going to move this thing quickly. You know, and again, you you know, it it's it's in the defendants, the manufacturers, the pharmaceutical industries, their best interest to drag this out to, yeah. you know, if they're going to have to pay to keep the funds in their coffers as long as possible. Um, so it's really good for the plaintiffs to have a judge who's who who you know, wants to get these things yeah. moving. Um, um, resolve one way or the other, get trials. That's how you get to to resolution and to, and to you know to settlements or verdicts. So so that's really exciting. And does that have anything to do as well? Because you mentioned a lot of these um, victims are chemo patient, you know, to, uh, users as well. So I'm assuming if they are on chemotherapy, a lot of them have cancer, and so their life expectancy expectancy is probably shorter than most. Does that play a role into the judges? desire to kind of fast track this? You know, it's, it's a really good question. And I, I don't know the answer to that. Um, I mean, to be a li- somewhat on the optimistic side, a lot of the cancers, um, you know, are not, yeah, are, not, are very true. treatable very true. with chemotherapy. So, you know, for example, if you think about breast cancer, and especially, you know, if you catch it early, um, the survival rate is super high. I don't know what the numbers are. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and you can use these for other, um, you know, other purposes as well. But so I don't know, but I could see, I could see that that could be an argument that mm-hmm. um, that that was made, um, and and it could be a strong argument. Um, you know, there are a lot of these out there. Apparently, three hundred thousand a year Jesus. are getting implanted. Um, and the other thing is that it's 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 like the main product. Seventy to eighty percent of the market is this product. Wow! So if you had um, an implantable a port implanted, it probably was yeah. this port. Um, so if you're wondering, if you're like, hey, I had this, I had this thing, I did get a bad infection. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if it was that product. I mean, and again, we can always find that out, get your medical records, and determine that. But the odds are that it was. It's not like there's a gazillion of these things out there. Um, that th- this is the big player in that area. It's so. like the hernia mesh, where if you've had received hernia mesh, more than likely it's going to be one of the um, ones that are having issues, even if you aren't actually, you know, having or experiencing right. those issues. Yeah. Um, on the topic of it being uh, started in, in Arizona, everything kind of being brought together. I think we have covered this in the past, but I don't remember exactly. How is that determined? And does that have anything to do with there being just more uh, victims in this state compared to others? It can. Um, it can have to do with where the, the manufacturer is, um, although BARD is not um, affiliated with Arizona. Um, but more, more, it has to do with the availability of the judges and the convenience of the parties, that sort okay. of thing. And so, um, you know, they have the, 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 uh, panel, the judicial panel on multi-district litigation meets throughout the year mm-hmm. and, you know, at those hearings. And that was, remember I was at, um, they had the, the uh, meeting in Tucson, which yeah. was so crazy. I think that was like in March or April, um, very unusual. And so when the judges all meet, then they talk about, should this case become an MDL or not? Mm-hmm. Um, and then they decide, you know, they look at who, the availability and determine where it's going to, um, uh, to be located. And there are oftentimes both sides are suggesting different venues for different reasons. Um, and so I'm not entirely sure why this one was consolidated in Arizona. It's kind of, kind of exciting though. Um, and more opportunity for me to get involved. I, I, we're co-counseling one of these cases with an attorney who, who had said, yeah, we may need to reach out to you because, yeah, because there aren't a lot of people in Arizona who are, are involved in these. So. And I know you've mentioned in the past how, you know, different states have, have different regulations and d- different expectations and, and just laws are different in, in different areas. Does where the case is consolidated, wherever it gets consolidated, have an effect on kind of how the case is approached and what regulations are, are um 
Well, no, no, because um, the cases are from people all over the country. And then ultimately, if the cases go back, um, then depending on uh, the jurisdiction, that law would apply. Um, So this is just where the judge is overseeing for purposes Mm. of, you know, the litigation as a whole, as opposed to the specific individual cases. So it doesn't really affect the cases themselves very much. It's more on the back end of the judge's conveniency as well as kind of the the counsel as well. Yeah. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, that is exciting that it is in Arizona and hopefully you'll be able to kind of partake and be be able to um, get involved in this one because I think that's a great opportunity is having a case of, you know, this size. I think what you mentioned, hundreds of thousands, 300,000. Well, 300,000 are implanted every year and, yeah. and these have been used for quite a long time and they're very problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, there are a lot of cases out there. I think we'll see the numbers going up pretty quickly now that um, it's been consolidated as it gets out in the news and people are aware about it, I think that there will be a lot more people coming forward. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a few calls, um, not a lot, but but a few. Um, and so, you know, uh, I, I think there will be more people finding out about it. Um, and hopefully we'll get some more calls and get involved. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we'll get some insider info and on the show with oh, the, you always. being on the back scenes for, <laughs> for sure. Oh, that's interesting. Um, definitely looking forward to hear more from that. Um, especially just because it's a, it sounds like it's becoming more of a local case. Yeah, kind of, kind of. But uh, yeah, if you've if anyone's gotten those implants, it sounds like it's it's better to reach out, bar to power power port, um, and seventy to eighty percent of of the market is used mm-hmm. uh, is yeah. are, are that them. Is, that's that product. Yeah. So uh, if if you've ever received something like that, then it's safer, better safe than sorry to just reach out, and then that's something that we can check out for you. Uh, moving on, though, what other types of updates do we have? Well, as per usual, we have an update on Ozempic. Classic, <laughs> love it. Yeah. In fact, I'm actually going to be on a webinar tomorrow for some additional information. But this that just came out is the FDA has updated the label um, to indicate or to warn about the risk of intestinal blockages. Mm. And so this was not on the actual warning label previously, but there have been enough complaints about it that now the FDA has stepped in and said you need to warn about it. And this is so it's intestinal blockage, also known as ileus. Mm, and that's a scary name. It, I know. It sounds, uh, yeah. So, so ileus, blocked intestines, and it occurs when the intestines can't properly contract and move waste through the body. Um, in these complaints, there were about uh, two, 20 cases, including two deaths that had been reported. Um, very serious, potentially fatal condition. So again, something that one would want to know if they're considering taking the medication and something that should be on the warning label. Yeah. Um, I don't, you know, we don't know what, uh, you know, the manufacturer knew or didn't know, but there have been enough reports since it's been out. And again, these are voluntary people just reaching out and, and, and so many people who have problems don't think to go and report it to the FDA. Yeah. So if, if there's 20 reports and two deaths, you know, again, tip of the iceberg type of thing, there have mm. been many, many more, pro- more complaints about that. And again, just another thing to consider if you are considering this medication um, and to watch out for any symptoms of um, of it because it's very, very serious and you would need to, to get uh, get treatment right away. Yeah. I mean, I think that's just the idea of, you know, one of your internal organs not working as well as it should have and not doing what it's supposed to, mm-hmm. especially something as important as, as, as uh, what is the it? The organ is getting the shit out of you. Yeah, getting the shit out <laughs> I mean, of you. Exactly. The shit stock. The toxins and all the bad yeah, stuff that you yeah. eat out of you, it can't get out. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it's good that they are insisting that it is put on the warning label. And it doesn't necessarily say anything towards the manufacturer having known anything about it. Yeah, we don't just, know. I mean, I'm always yeah. suspicious. Of course. I'm always course. suspicious, but... Yeah, yeah. You got to be suspicious, but it's good that they are recognizing that it is a risk and it is connected and putting it on the warning label so people do know and, uh, and, and, and as well as people that have already had this issue, like you said, tip of the iceberg type situation is once it goes onto the warning label, maybe next time they get... Uh, their prescription or next time they see it, they realize, oh, wow, this is an issue I've been having. I didn't think it would be connected to this, but it is. Well, and and with it on the warning label, then the doctors need to be telling their patients about it as well yeah. as one of the risks of the medication when they're making that determination as to whether this mm-hmm. is the right medication or not. And keeping an eye out for it if it has happened or, yeah. or it does happen. Yeah. Well, and knowing the symptoms, and those would include like bloating, abdominal cramps, constipation, nausea, vomiting, yeah. um, you know, those kinds of things, not something to ignore. 
No, no. Yeah, if you're on this medication, you know, uh, you you don't want to delay. I mean, again, it can be fatal, has been fatal. Mm -hmm. And I mean, for the way it's being used to, uh, right, it's it's going back that it generally, a lot of people that have been misusing it has been cases where they're trying to lose quick weight. And this is a terrifying side effect that I think a majority of people would probably rethink that usage if they realize that it would just shut down, uh, you know, their... Hopefully. I mean, you know, people, it's losing weight is, is people get really desperate about it. I mean, they're yeah. willing to take a lot of risks. I mean, if you think about a lot of the different diets and just things that people do, um, they're dangerous, it's scary. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and we've seen that with um, a lot of the supplements. I think we, we've talked about not necessarily mm-hmm. these, but how there are certain supplements that don't have to go through FDA approval, right. like pre-workouts. The dietary and supplements. Dietary and supplements, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so those are the ones that usually people are kind of looking for a quick fix on. You can go to One Stop Nutrition, GNC, and pick mm-hmm. up anything that doesn't really have much oversight on it. Well, and they're not really, rest- they're not, what their, cla- their claims and their advertising are not really monitored yeah. so well either. And so, you know, they're telling you all of these wonderful wonderful things that are going to happen about losing weight and mm-hmm you know, being all virile and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, well, and GNC too, I always got, I hated going there because they get sales commission for everything that they, they sell. And when you walk in there, you can feel that you can feel that motivation. (laughs) As soon as you walk in, boom, you have a sales guy walking up to you. It's like at a new car parking lot. (laughs) You're immediately going to push some new products and you don't even know what you're being handed, but you're being pressured into it. And, uh, I mean, I get overwhelmed. I get overwhelmed pretty easily. So, Uh Good to keep an eye out for that, um, but we can we can go to the next thing: cases that we are currently handling. Yeah, so um, cases we're currently handling. Um, one of them, well, the one we're talking about today, is actually kind of the perfect example of the title of our podcast: prioritizing profits. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a new and different type of of case. It's a different argument. Usually, we were complaining about, well, you didn't warn about this problem with the drug, um, and this is a situation where the manufacturer uh, created a drug, and it was a blockbuster you know, drug, and it was critical. So it was the first HIV medication, mm-hmm. and there was nothing on the market before that. People were dying. Yeah. Um, so in 20, 2001, Gilead um, created the first uh, medication that was under the name Truvada. But the main um, active ingredient is a drug called Tenofovir. And so, you know, $11 billion a year, big deal, huge. Well, I can imagine, too, because I, I wasn't, um, you know, I, I don't know if I wasn't around, but I just wasn't old enough to really know. But there's when AIDS first came out, I, I've seen movies, and I think there's one mm-hmm. with Matthew McConaughey where, I mean, the, yeah. the hysteria and fear was massive, right? right, Everyone right. Was Everybody freaking, was dying. I every, mean, there was nothing to do. Yeah, and no one knew, um, you know, the cause or how it was contagious or how it worked out. And I remember something about, I think it was the Queen of England shaked a um, AIDS patient hand without like a glove or anything. And it was like photographed and it was put up and it was massive because it helped with this entire stigma of, you know, oh yeah. my goodness, I, I like almost like COVID, am I going to get it if just being in the vicinity, which obviously isn't the case. And we know better now, but back then it was terrifying. So yeah. a drug that is helping with that back then, I can imagine being yeah. huge. Well, and, and so the, the, really when this was all happening in the, you know, mid eighties, mm-hmm. that's when people didn't know exactly how it was communicated and, and that the, the real fear was going on. Um, and, and then by the, you know, as, as it progressed, people realized that it yeah. was not shaking hands, hugging people, being around people. That was not, it was not communicable in that manner. And it was, you know, basically, you know, blood transfer type of situation. Um, and, but by, but, but even so, and, and then, the, and then the laws came up. I mean, I was actually really involved in that. I don't even, if you, if you know this, back when I was in law school, I, my first summer job was for the AIDS discrimination unit in New York City. Yeah, because the discrimination was so horrifying. And so this would have been, let's see, I graduated in 88. So this would have been like around 85, 86. Um, And so, you know, there was a lot of hysteria. And New York was, you know, New York and San Francisco were like the centers. I mean, that's really where it was just devastating people in the city and, um, and, and just horrible discrimination. People couldn't go to dentists, they couldn't go to doctors, they wouldn't be seen. Anyway, so I was actually involved in that. um, And actually, some of the protests as as well. Yeah, walking (laughs) the streets. Well, 
out. I, we did do this one protest. Actually, it was on tax day, and we all sat down in front of the main post office and blocked traffic so people couldn't drop off their tax oh, returns. At the, you know, well, and, yeah. So I was quite the activist, quite yeah. the activist, well, the AIDS activist. So anyway, um, so in 2001, this is quite a few years later, finally a medication comes out. So everybody's very happy about that. Um, and there are some pretty serious side effects, and two of them are kidney damage and bone damage. But bone if, damage. You well, know, like osteoporosis, yeah. fractures, tooth loss, some serious well, that's stuff. Terrifying. I mean, I feel like if there's a drug that is, you know, attacking your bones or causing issues with your bones, that's like deep in there. That's really, that's amazing. Yeah, well, and kidneys too. I mean, you know, you can't live without your kidneys. Yeah, but I mean, you take ibuprofen too much and that can affect your kidneys. There's not much that can mess with your bones. <laughs> well, they're both really serious. But, um, but of course people are like, well, I would rather take these risks than die. And yeah. it was the only, it was the only alternative. So, you know, again, it, it, it was huge, $11 billion a year. Um, the issue with this though, turns out that there, that there's two different types of this tenofovir. One's called TAF and one's called TDF. And TDF is the one that was in this original medication, um, which is tenofovir, disoproxyl fumarate. Um, but there's another version of, of tenofovir called TAF, tenofovir alafinamide fumarate. And the second one, the TAF, is much better. You can use less of it, um, and it doesn't leak. It, 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 um, de it gets delivered to the target cells more directly so that it doesn't leak into the blood as much, which affects the kidneys and bones. Mm -hmm. and, and so if you use the TAF, it won't cause these horrible problems. Well, they figured this out. So 2001 is when they come out with the first one, the Truvada, which is the TDF. Mm -hmm. By 2002, they've figured out that this TAF would wow. not cause these problems. Yeah. And it's a year later. So they've already seen these big bucks in their bank. So it's a year later. So, and, and they basically could have had that one to market by 2004. But what they decided to do was they were like, well, wait a minute. We have this patent, mm -hmm. okay? And the pat patents last for 20 years. But by the time you get it to market, the, 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 some of that time has been eaten yeah. up, okay? And once the patent's over, then it can become generic and all these other companies can start selling it. Yeah. And the price drops hugely. I mean, for example, right now, um, the generic for Truvada, because it's generic now, $400 a year. Mm -hmm. um, and their current TAF, uh, 26000 a year. <laughs> Yeah. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. And this is exactly the prioritizing profits. What they decided to do is they said, you know what, we're going to ride out the TDF until it's about out of patent. And then when it's about out of patent, boom, we're going to come up with this other one. And that's going to now start its patent running. And so we can keep making this money. And then we're going to say, whoa, this is so, so much better. Yeah, everybody else can now have a generic of this one. That's going to cause bone damage, yeah. kidney failure. But we've got this great oh one that my won't. Goodness. I mean, so this is like, I mean, it's, it's evil. Yeah. It's really evil. And, yeah. and here's people, you know, again, people already immunocompromised. Um, and, and now you're taking out their kidneys and their bones. Um, but I mean, it worked. And it's actually a, a term called product hopping. So companies will do this sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, again, they want to write out one patent and then whip in at the very end of the of that patent, come up with another new great product that's on their patent. Well, and it's and the fact that it's a term, right? Like it's it happens enough to where someone has been, come to the side, you know, took a step back and be like, okay, this is happening enough. We need to actually come up with a specific word definition <laughs> to use so we can describe it with how often so we it don't happens. Have to, you don't have to use a lot of words explaining it because exactly. it's just going to happen again and again and again. So, so in this situation, that the uh, the the, um, the the TDF product, the Truvada, and there's several other ones we'll go through, but the, that was going to expire in 2017. So then they get the other one ready, and in 2015 they whip out the TAF product, mm. and you know so they have time for the doctors to start switching it over and that sort of thing. And now that patent won't expire until 2031. Oh so they would goodness. have been done with their patent, and everybody would have had access to this medication, life-saving, yeah. um, not as harmful, and um, for reasonable prices. Mm -hmm. um, but no, Gilead's going to make, you know, 
Another billions few. and billions yeah. and billions. So thousands of people who have been taking this medication for all of these years, and now they're experiencing osteoporosis, their yeah. teeth are falling out, their bones are breaking, um, and um, and kidney failure, and they're and they're dying. Well, and and the position that they're in when they're having to take this, right, is that mm-hmm. they're being told that they have this lifelong disease that there's no cure to. That there's yeah, they'll probably die and yeah. and relatively quickly and because the, of, you know yeah. any kind of infection can be problematic when you don't have an immune system. Yeah. And at the time there's no other medication. So you have no choice. So you have to choose this, you know, you're, and and you recognize all of these terrible side effects, but you have to go with it back against the wall. Yeah. And then little did they know that behind closed doors, there was actually the same type of medication that will help in the same ways, but give you less problems and, and maybe even help more. Yeah, yeah. Help more. You, you need less of it and more effective, basically. More, more yeah. effective, yeah. causes less problems, but they're just being held out on uh, for... A few extra billion dollars. A few, a lot of extra <laughs> yeah, billion a lot dollars, extra. right? And and so so what I was saying is that it's, it's a really it's a different kind of lawsuit because what they're saying is you know we're not saying that you didn't warn about the problems with this drug. We're saying that you had and you knew that there was a better, safer alternative, yeah. and you purposely, intentionally decided not to sell that one. To, to keep doing this for money. And so there was a big issue about whether or not these cases were going to be able to go forward because it's a it's a novel legal yeah. theory idea. Yeah. Um, and so the update is that uh, they were filing motions for summary judgment and trying to get it dismissed. And the judge just recently said, no, we're going to go forward to trial with this theory. Good. We are accepting this because um, they thought they would just get them all tossed. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of kind of the update and the background on it. Um, and again, you know, and you're taking out, you know, I mean, a, a vulnerable population to start with. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just, uh, anyway, very, it's it's one of those cases that you, my hackles just go up and I just get like pissed. <laughs> yeah. um, and then they think, oh, no, well, there's no law that says we can't do this. But there should be. Moral laws. And, well, yeah, moral laws don't go very far with the pharmaceutical industry, as yeah. we have, have, have learned over the years. Um, anyway, so the cases, the the um, there's about 26,000 cases out there between state and federal lawsuits. Mm-hmm. These are cases actually that we, so the litigation started in 2018 and big delays, of course, because of COVID. Um, and these are cases actually that we have kept in-house that we are handling, um, have been handling since the very beginning. Mm-hmm. But these are cases that actually we still can take new clients. Um, it's not closed. Um, we, we can still take new cases and it involves so the, the original medications that had that TDF are Truvada, Viriad, Atripla, Complera, and Stribled. Um, the injuries, again, we talked about chronic kidney disease, acute kidney injury, kidney failure, osteoporosis, osteopenia, mm-hmm. osteomalacia, tooth loss, bone fractures, um, you know, hor- horrible stuff. Well, and it's just so crazy too, thinking that they had this better medication and it was ready. It was essentially ready, right? It wasn't exactly ready, but I mean, they they could have gotten it to, I mean, basically I think the timing from what the, the documents show is it could have been on the market by 2004 yeah. and instead it didn't come out until, was it 2017? Yeah. So they and just all of sat those on years. For, for over 10 years, just letting people kind of- Like conti- 13 years, right? I right. continuously take this, this worse drug that causes more problems and and so for a case like this, since it's it, it, in my head, it, it would make sense for anyone that took that first drug to have a claim. Well, they, they would need to have the, the, the injuries. They'd need to have um, okay. some, but most people do. Yeah, I was going to uh, say. You know, I mean, some sort of kidney damage or some sort of um, bone uh, injury. But if you have either of those things, and again, I mean, they're progressive conditions oftentimes. And with osteoporosis, I mean, the stuff doesn't reverse. Yeah. So, um, you know, maybe it stops getting worse. But generally, once you, you get started, it's 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 a problem. Yeah. Um, and, and again, if you've been, if people were on it for a long time and all like, Likelihood they have. I mean, it's a well, very exactly. harsh medication. And I'm sure there's a lot of people at that time waiting for a drug to come out, you know, because there was nothing before that. They're just waiting for something to come out. And as soon as something did, obviously they're going to hop on that train because it's better than death back oh, against the wall yeah. if they have to. And then at that point, before the second medication came out, it had been over 10 years of taking this drug that they knew that there was more mm-hmm, and worse mm-hmm. problems for. Um, so the odds of those people that to have these issues are, are even higher. Yeah. Well, and one of the really nasty things that came out was that, you know, that the, the, these these uh, 
executives in the drug company, they were like, they knew about this problem. And they're like, well, these people are going to die anyway. You know, before oh they get kidney, God. before they get osteoporosis, before they get their kidneys yeah. fail, well, you know, they're going to die anyway. What does the documents behind the scenes look like here? Because, I mean, I feel like they really have to be some some nasty stuff, like emails of just people straight up not caring about other humans' lives and, and, and literally saying, you know, we're prioritizing profits here. <laughs> Isn't it perfect for, I mean, that, that is like, you know, the poster yeah. case for for the title of our, our podcast so the, a lot of the documents when they when they disclose these in in, um, in, in discovery there's protective orders and so there that you cannot um, disclose the mm. content so there's little bits and pieces that we have and when these cases go to trial we're gonna hear some stuff yeah I some mean, sick shit stuff, I bet right and if, you know if they don't settle these cases I mean but and, and they were fighting 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 they thought we're never even gonna have to go to a trial we're never gonna have to get to a jury because this is a crazy new argument and we're not we don't have to make a different drug yeah. Just because we know there is one, it's not our obligation. Mm. Um, we can, we can, you know, and so they thought they were going to get away with it. Now they're not. Now we're going to move forward. There will be trials. And I think, you know, like you said, I mean, there's going to be some crazy stuff. What we do know, you know, the little bits and pieces that we do know are bad enough. Yeah. So I think it's going it, to, it's going to be some, some crazy stuff. Well, and it's an interesting argument on their part is that we aren't required to come up with a better drug. You know, I'm sure they're sitting back and they're saying, well, there wasn't a drug already. If it wasn't for us, there would be. Oh, yeah. Everybody loves Gilead. I yeah. mean, and, and of course, like any of the AIDS organizations and all of this, I mean, you know, and they, they, they sponsor things. And mm. I mean, of course they do. It's a captive audience and all of this. But um, yeah, no, that that's that's going to be it's going to be crazy. Like you said, when stuff starts really coming out, um, do we have any time frame on any of this of when we think things are going to really start playing out or moving fast? Well, now that all of that was the big issue, and on well, first of all, the big delay, of course, was COVID. Um, I mean, that knocked everything out for a couple of years. But, but figuring out if this was even something that yeah, you could I mean, that pursue. was that, that was the big fight. Was we're not going to get to the trials because this isn't even a case. It's yeah. not even the law. Blah blah blah. Now they're saying yes, it is a case. It's going forward, so trials are going to get set. Um, and I think it's going to speed up from here. So definitely people, if they do, if they have taken these drugs, and again, anybody who has um, HIV or AIDS, probably, um, well, they probably took these drugs unless yeah. they were diagnosed very recently um, and took the newer ones. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's something, you know, if you want to get involved, now is the time to, to do that. Well, and I'm assuming this is going to be a massive case because the punitive damages has to be I mean, insane here because they were making billions and billions of dollars a year for, for 10 plus years while they knew that they had a better drug under the table. And it's been out there being used for, what, 20 years now, over 20 years. I mean, they have a massive treasury going on back there. And I'm sure <laughs> that the victims are- Over how many dead bodies, Exactly. Right? And, and, and the victims, I mean, tens, if not hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people that have been experiencing this awful disease and taking this-, this you know, terrible medication, good at the time, I guess, but um, compared to what they had, this bad medication causing all these problems and oftentimes with having to take it permanently once you have it, right? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's not something that's curable and you have to keep taking it to keep feeling better um, or, or to stop feeling bad, I guess. Or, or to not die. To not die. Yeah, <laughs> to not die. Um, I mean, I'm assuming this has to be a massive case, right? I think it will be. Yeah. I mean, you don't know what a jury is going to do with it. I mean, a jury could be like, yeah, I agree. I don't want yeah. to do that. Um, but it's going to at least go to go to some juries. And I mean, I think it's good if it's going to a jury. I mean, this is like you said, it's if once the stuff starts really coming out about the behind the scenes conversations, I can't imagine a jury listening to that and not having a problem. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll yeah. See. But yeah, so that's definitely that's a case that we are actively involved mm -hmm. in. Um uh, we're not, you know, working with other firms. We are, we're, we're handling those in-house. Um, and I'm assuming this is one of those cases as well, that if you have AIDS or if you've taken any of these medications, it's better to just reach out and see because, uh, it's, it's, it was the first AIDS medication. So if yeah. you were diagnosed in the early days and even for a while, uh, but really up until 2017 was yeah. when the other ones came out. And even so, you know, it took a while for doctors to switch over. Plus that there was always the issue that now you could get the, the original one at, at generic and the insurance companies are going to want to use that if it's mm -hmm. just as good. So the doctors have to understand how significant the problem is with that, how much better the new one is. 
to switch them over mm-hmm. to that. I mean, again, the, the drug companies are going to be pushing them to do that because, you know, again, they don't want them going to use the, the whatever, $42 or $400 generic when yeah. they can get 26K on, on the other. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. So just very recently, w- w- were these new ones even available? Mm. That's, that's, that's shocking. <laughs> it's just shocking that yeah. something like that happened. And I think that just goes to, you know, the whole conspiracy theory of, of how bad these big corporations are and how much they prioritize profits and really just kind of look out for their own back or their own pockets, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, when it yeah. comes to this type of stuff. Yep. So, and, you know, and, and I guess just one last thing about that, you know, if you haven't had a bone density test or DEXA scan, or you've been on these medications, you, it, and if you may not even necessarily know. I mean, mm-hmm. so it might be a good idea to get tested. Yeah. Um, with kidney conditions, you probably would be more likely to know about it, but some people don't have any idea. Yeah. Um, and, you know, women are always given these DEXA scans, usually after about age 50. Um, although some people, I you know, I have, some people, the doctors still don't recommend them, but men not so much. And you know the the the, the um, incidence of HIV is higher in men, yeah. and so that might not be something that necessarily is being even tested for. And and you might want to get a test. Yeah, I remember a fantastic movie. I forgot what it was called, but it's with Matthew McConaughey. Oh, is that the one where he would go to like Mexico to buy the medication? Yes, yes. He he got he was a cowboy and he got AIDS and then uh, he kind of started his own back shop. um, Oh yeah, to get the medications going across the border. I can't remember the name of it, but and and it was super illegal because he was providing it for like a tenth of the price that anyone else was getting it because there was a lot of people that just couldn't get access to it. Right, either they didn't have the money or there wasn't enough, and so he was kind of doing this back shop uh, uh, sales uh-huh. of it fantastic movie amazing it definitely opened my eyes to the whole problem because like you said it was happening in the 80s and really coming up and getting figured out in the 90s and before my time i didn't know anything about it so it opened my eyes to it. i highly recommend uh, that that movie and then um even with straight out of compton easy e who is this massive um you know hip-hop figure and then he got diagnosed with AIDS and it was something where it was still in that kind of phase of no one really knowing how people got diagnosed or what it meant and everything that came along with it. Um, and so having this prominent hip hop, very masculine figure yeah. um, that's already in the limelight gate diagnosed was, was massive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Magic Johnson, Magic, I mean, he yeah. was probably one of the first, the first, you know, heterosexual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True, true. Yeah, big stuff, big stuff. Big stuff, definitely going to be interested in in hearing more updates on that. And and I really can't wait to see kind of these documents that come out because I think it really speaks to the greater problem that we try to uh, address every every week on this show of kind of this, you can't have blind faith in the system. Can't have blind faith in the pharmaceutical companies as much as they like to seem like they're wow. there for, for the greater good and for your benefits. Clearly there's cases like this where um, if there's enough money in it, then your your benefit and your well-being takes a backseat. Uh-huh, unfortunately. Well, I do want to make sure we get on to interesting cases in the news. Uh, it's something that I definitely look forward to, but we will be touching back on on the HIV medications and, and everything going forward as well. Absolutely. Well, the, the top case in the news that uh, stuck out for me since I am on my way to Vegas on Tuesday is uh, a case involving a rogue roulette ball. A rogue a roulette rogue ball. Roulette ball yeah. At a casino um, in Las Vegas. And the casino dealer, um, you know, well, you've played roulette. I hate yeah. roulette. That is like the least fun game yeah. to me, but... I don't know. I don't know. I, I kind of like it because you just leave you leave it up to chance and you can't get angry at anyone or at yourself. Sometimes with blackjack, you'll hit or you don't hit and you think, oh, fuck, I should have. I should have. But with roulette, it's like, hey, well, it's no one's fault except your own. Or except yeah, the but dealers. It just feels like the odds are horrible. And this actually comes from somebody who did just buy a, a um, Powerball ticket for that one point some billion dollar. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so clearly I'm not. Oh, I should do that, actually. That's a good idea. Well, at the drawings tonight, I think you're going to miss it. Or maybe, yeah, I think I don't think you're going to get out of here in time. Oh. But if nobody wins, you can do it for the next one. Anyway, um, so, yeah, clearly 
<laughs> clearly I'm not completely with the, the odds all the time, but in this case, the, and you know, so, so the dealer like kind of throws that marble in there and it yeah. bounce, bounce, bounces. It's moving fast. It too. is moving fast. So I guess he like threw it in there really hard. It bounced out and it struck this woman in there in her eye. I knew it was going to be an eye thing. It's always an eye. I was hoping it was like a tooth maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, a tooth might not be, you know, lawsuit worthy. I mean, you know, maybe. I mean, maybe if she's a model. Get, uh, that's well, a money you get a dental implant or something. Well, I mean, they better be paying for that dental implant. <laughs> well, they better be playing for this eye. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it came flying out, hit her in the left eye. Um, she had instant pain, taken to the hospital, and says she's lost the ability to see clearly. Um, so anyway, the lawsuit has been filed. See what happens. I mean, I think that's pretty clear that, you know, one should, I mean, there's no warning saying that you need to wear protective eye gear while you're gambling. (laughs) Is there? I haven't seen it if there is. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure that's against their protocol as well as a dealer. Oh yeah. Well, well, you can always wear those things like in, uh, in poker where you don't want people to see your eyes, but I mean, it's not like you're trying to, when you're, when you're putting your money down at the roulette table, it's not like you're trying to hide. You're not trying to bluff anyone at the roulette table. Yeah. No bluffing. (laughs) Hey guys, I definitely don't have a chip on red. All right. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, that that's that's insane, and I I mean it's almost terrifying too because like you said it's 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 just not something you would expect you know. Well, yeah, I mean it's like it would never cross my mind that it's like dangerous and I could be blinded while playing roulette. But I mean, like I said, I don't play roulette, um, and. I guess, well, and even like at craps, I'm thinking because, you know, blackjack, it's going to be really hard to get injured during that. Oh, it's Paper cut, never know. <laughs> Those really sharp cards. Yeah. And although sometimes they don't even let you touch the cards. I was going to say, which case, yeah. Depending, yeah, it's on the casinos. And in, in, in craps, I mean, I, those little dice, but, but, you know, then again, you're letting drunk people throw those things. Yeah, and some people huck them. Well, that's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And sometimes they do go flying way out of the... Well, I'm interested to see if there... I mean, there has to be, obviously, a video of it because it was in a casino. But I wonder if that ever gets released because... I mean, as awful it is as it is, I would love to see just how the hell does that ball hit the table and go flying, and at what you know magnitude speed? <laughs> I mean, this thing must have given catching some serious speed to be t- doing that type of damage and fly that fast out of there. Well, you know, like you said, there is a video because everything is video. Yeah. It's on video in Vegas. So I'm sure there is a video. And once the discovery happens, so this just got filed. Once the discovery, you know, they have to exchange information. That's one of the first things that's going to get turned over is a video. Because, and this kind of comes up with like what we talked about last week with the yeah. the, the, the um, drive through the Jack in the Box. Uh, you know, it wasn't until the lawsuit got filed that this video came out. And now yeah. it's in all the news of the crazy lady shooting through the drive through window stuff. Mm-hmm. You can actually watch it happen so this is gonna there, there will be a video and i suspect we'll we'll, we'll get to see that eye injury happen. And what happens to the money on the table i know there's green red and black but i didn't think there was an eye slot you could throw, <laughs> throw a few dollars in there oh, i'm sure the return on that would have been insane it'd be like the yo or something with craps where there's like you know the, the odds of that actually probably be worse well the green's like 10 to 1 i'm sure the eye is like 100 to 1 like a million to 1 i mean has this ever happened before has there ever in the history of roulette yeah. been an eye that that casino is going to add a new bet slot on their blood <laughs> tables. <laughs> well, I mean, why are you limited to the eye? So it's going to be right eye or left eye? Right eye. Well, Red see, or black, no, right? exactly. Uh, you right can, or left. There's an eye slot and then you can choose which side. And the, the, the multiplier on that's even higher. But you got to wear protective eye gear if you're going to. <laughs> People are going to be leaning over the table. <laughs> oh, no, please, no. And they get the 100 to 1. Boom, just like that. Easy money. Sure, you lose an eye, but... Oh my gosh! Well, I'm, I'm a little more nervous about this trip than I was before reading the news on yeah, this. Well, you better be bring an extra pair of sunglasses. Worst comes to worst, you lose a lens instead of an eye. <laughs> oh yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what other kind of injuries could happen in a in a casino. Well, we'll see if there's a video that comes out. Uh, maybe we'll we'll bring it back up and talk about it because that'll be an interesting one. I still need to check out the uh, shooting in the drive-through line because I mean that's so shocking. I know you. You mentioned you had taken a look at it and the woman was super calm about it. Oh, Just oh, another day. 
Well, it was so weird. So I was actually in the office today showing showing Danny because she had seen it, and I had looked at it, and there's a couple of versions of it. There's like two different angles yeah. of cameras. I mean, they really are, are you know, seeing what's happening, you know, in the drive-through. Which why they didn't see. And you'll have to watch this because literally, I mean, the gun's like in her back, in her the back of her. Pants. Oh, it's not even like under the shirt. No, no. I mean, and it's not even like she had to go anywhere. She just turns around and slides it out of her pants, and then goes back and starts shooting out the window. And her coworkers probably see it on a day to day. Basis. Well, so there were two people. So I got a little more detail on this now because it was just so crazy. Um, and, and, and there was an interview by the guy who yeah. was in the drive-through window, and you could see kind of the whole whole thing going down. And so he orders this meal, and she gives him the regular fries and not not the the, uh, the curly fries. How and of course, she. curly fries are like the thing at Jack in the Box. Yeah, right yeah. It's yeah, you enjoy them. So he says he doesn't get the curly fries, and then he says, "Well, wants wants to give her back the plain fries." No, well, can I just get some additional curly fries? I'll pay for them. No, I mean, I mean, <laughs> she just like apparently she'd had a shitty day, and she was just having none of this. I'll pay. I'll pay. I mean, I, I already paid for something I didn't want. I'll pay even more for yeah, what I actually really, want. He really wanted these curly yeah, fries. How dare he? And she was just like, "No, yeah. no, you're not getting the curly fuck fries." Fuck you. Who the fuck do you think you are? You think I work for you? No. Oh, I mean, in the, the way they were just describing what she just had a bad day and i'm like okay but this is like a service industry this is like you know the customer's always right i mean what just give him the damn curly fries but it gets even crazier ben it gets even crazier he wouldn't leave the the, the drive-through area he just kept arguing he really wanted them yeah and I mean, well at that point it's out of principle <laughs> <laughs> but i'm like seriously this is your career here that's at risk right yeah. i mean and it, it, just give him the damn just spit in the fries. fries fuck and then he'll never know and you get to you get a little laugh when he walks away. Yeah, and you don't go to away. jail. Yeah. I mean, well, prison, although you would see that on the video, too. I mean, it seems like she didn't even go to prison, right? I mean, it was Well, yeah, that's a sentence. whole other crazy situation. So then they start arguing, and she gets mad, and she starts throwing ice into his window. Nice. Yeah. Well, it was a warning shot. It was a warning <laughs> shot. Ice I, is first, bullets are next, buddy. <laughs> And then he gets mad so that he throws his food oh, back yes, in nice. her. Yeah, you got to watch this. So that he throws his food back in her. And then she's just had it. And there's a second employee who's now come over kind of to see what's going. And she's just standing there. And then the woman, she just calmly turns around. And I guess originally she had tried to argue that she was in fear, you know, and she was defending herself, which is insane because the guy's out here in his car, weaponless, with a dog, mm. a pregnant wife, and a six-year-old oh, hold on. daughter. Weaponless. He did have some normal fries that he's he did willing throw to throw some back. Fries at her. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And they might have been really hot. They could have been sizzling hot. They could have been scorching. Ah. But then it still would have been her fault, serving fries that are too hot. There you go. And they'd even had time to cool off by then if yeah. they still were too hot. Yeah. She, he grabs it out of his kid's hands and like, give me those back. Throws them out the window. <laughs> I, need, I need ammo. I need, <laughs> I need ammo. <laughs> he grabs her up. kitty bottle, throws it out of there, <laughs> just starts scavenging through the back trying to find more shit to throw. <laughs> you you got to watch this because you're going to just lose it. And she just casually turns around. She just slides the gun out and then she comes back and then she just shoot, shoot, shoot. I'm like... Holy crap. And he tears off, of yeah. course. I mean, it's a, really a miracle that nobody got hit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no one got hit by bullets. I'm sure there's well, there was fries and ice. Damage, there, was some, damage. There, was some, there was some serious craziness yeah. there. Yeah. So well, anyway, crazy lawsuits out there. Yeah. Really dodged a bullet, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> a few. <laughs> a few bullets. Two or three, you know. <laughs> Aye, aye, aye. All right. Well, we are kind of coming to a close here on the show. Uh, Is there anything else that you wanted to touch on? Any interesting cases, any questions or comments, anything like that? Well, we did have a question we'll talk talk on briefly. And that was, um, we were asked, could I just represent myself in a class action or in one of these cases? Um, You know, and I guess the short answer is yes, you can. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, but then the longer answer is probably, probably not a good idea in certain circumstances. In class actions, these are the cases where um, there's a class, everybody who has purchased this item or subscribed to the service or whatever is automatically a class member and automatically has a claim. And usually getting compensated from those simply involves filling out like a claim form. In those, yes, absolutely, you can represent yourself, you probably should, attorneys aren't probably going to want to represent you because the, the, the recovery that you get is not 
going to be significant, and so a percentage would not be significant, and and you just don't yeah you don't need an attorney on those. So the answer on again the class actions is yes, and that does make sense. Um, if you have questions or you're confused about the claim form or something, you could always reach out to an attorney. Some will tell you go away. We would help you with it because that's just how we are. We're good people. We're very helpful. Um, but so on these MDL cases, these are really different because each person has their individual lawsuit yeah. and it's not a claim form. You have to file a lawsuit. Mm-hmm. You have to allege certain things. Um, it wants the, 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 the uh, multi-district litigation has been, uh, once it's been consolidated, there oftentimes is a form complaint. But even that, I mean, it's, it's a standard form, but you still have to include certain certain information, you've got to get certain documentation, just not a good idea. Well, and I would imagine, I mean, I even, even working along with, alongside you and, and, and hearing about it every single week, I can only imagine the amount of stuff that goes on on the back end. And I mean, some of these cases take years and years. And as someone that goes to Mass Torts Made Perfect, get, gets all of the updates, you know, we have uh, Danny, who's absolutely fantastic, and she's requesting the medical records and, and handling a lot of the back end stuff on, the, on that side. I mean, there's just so much that goes into each individual case. And when you reach out to attorneys like yourself, then they handle it all. They handle it all. And maybe there's some things here and there that you'll have to answer some questions or fill out a form here and there. But generally, it's something very hands-off compared to if you handle it by yourself. Yeah. I mean, it, it has to be just an absurd amount of, of hoops and, and paperwork. And yeah. Everything. you know, And the problem is that, I mean, if you leave something out, if you miss something, I mean, you can basically lose the case. Yeah. They, now, judges are, so it's called pro se if you're representing yourself. And they're very accommodating and they'll cut you as much slack as they can, but there's a limit to that too. Yeah. And so, and, and many times you'll see that where judges are saying, you know, really recommending somebody get counsel because it's frustrating for both sides. Yeah, I bet. Um, so, so yeah, so that's kind of the answer. Um, there are really very different things. People do get confused about the mm-hmm. mass tour, the multi-district litigation versus the class actions, but the class actions, yeah, you, you can do those on your own almost always. Mm-hmm. Um, most people can, most people do. Um, the others, Yes, you can, but usually going to be a bad idea. Yeah, and I think that's a great question because you always see or hear like in TV shows and movies where there's always people that try to represent themselves on criminal hearings or criminal cases. Um, And those seem a little bit more realistic, you know, still not a good idea. (laughs) You're going to end up in jail. Yeah, you always see the recommendations. And it's not only just because you don't have as much understanding of the law as lawyers that go to school for it and pass the bar exam, but also... So it just doesn't look good for in front of juries when you do it yourself. Um, but it, it, it is a little bit more realistic, I would imagine, going to trial that way compared to these massive mass tort consolidated cases. Yeah. There's thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of victims and of complaints and just a ton of paperwork and different things that you need to do to kind of keep up with the case as a whole. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's my answer. So yes, it's possible. However, it's still highly, highly recommend yes. to reach out to an attorney and it makes uh, not only your life easier, but it also makes the other side and, and, and the judge's life much easier as well. Just kind of putting everything in that bucket and um, it's, 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 it seems good all around. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to fix my own car. No. I'm not going <laughs> to, no, you, know, you know, I mean, take it to somebody who knows what they're doing again on the mass, on the, the MDLs, mm-hmm. class actions have at it. And we're always happy to, to help with whatever it is. I mean, even if it is a class action, if, even if it is an MDL that you want to handle yourself, if you have any questions or concerns, feel free to reach out us, uh, out, out to us. I mean, hope tripping over my words already getting a little late. Um, and, and we're, we're definitely happy to help. And, you know, we, we have, you know, several cases going on, obviously the HIV medication that we mentioned, that's something where, um, if you have taken any of those medications, experienced any of those issues, and maybe even if you haven't experienced those issues, it's still good to reach out because that's something that we can take a look into. Same thing with the bear hugger and the hernia mesh, where it's something that it's used so commonly. And it's a lot of these issues you might not recognize are connected to these products, um, but it's just better to reach out because that's something that we can handle and we can look into it for you. Well, that's what we do. 
Perfect. All righty. Well, I think we are going to close it out. Thank you everyone for tuning in for another episode of Prioritizing Profits. Fantastic week. Fantastic show. Very interesting. Um, you know, hopefully we got some more updates on the HIV medication as well as um, MTMP coming up. We're going to get some insider info there and uh, maybe some more interesting cases in the news as well. If you want to hear more from us, definitely check us out. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. We got it all there got any questions or concerns please feel free to throw them down in the comments if it's something you don't really want to throw out there you don't want it to be too public you can also email us podcast at showeredlaw.com and we'll definitely get back to you and if it's something that you want us to touch on a story you want us to cover or any questions you can always reach out we're happy to answer them Uh, but with that being said i think we're going to close out hope everyone has a fantastic week and have a good one viva las vegas Prioritizing profits. Prioritizing profits. Dangerous drug and product cases.